Welcome back to an all-new installment of the Super Metal Brothers podcast, where we are all progenies of the Great Apocalypse right here. Hey, Danny. Wow, that, that seems a bit too enlightening. I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I am Super Metal Brother Dan. We've had a massive week that has just come up with all the news going on, uh, some interesting stories. Danny, uh, anything particularly before we get into it? Oh, it's the massive one. It's the uh, Metal Hammer Golden God Awards. It's that time for the metal community to sell out like they, every other music um uh, Absolutely. So. Like all metalheads, we've got our own grievances with it. You know, we are true metalheads, obviously spelt with a V and no E because it doesn't get any more truer than that, isn't it? Vows are for pussies in the pop industry. Am I right, Danny? Yeah, I don't know where you're going with that, actually. <laughs> We're also going to be talking about other things as well, like, for example, Archfire. They're a Canadian band. I don't think we've reviewed too much Canadian metal bands. Went to Utopia last week and I said to the guy, all right, I'm, I need something to listen to. Um, I don't really like my life. I have a bad paying job. Uh, relationships on the rocks and uh, I just have disdainment for, for mankind. And he's like, I've got the CD for you. Was he right though? I guess we'll find out. Because first we are talking about the news. Kicking things right off. Ways a drinking story, Danny. We are talking about a band we've had on here previously. You know, Azale. Azil, right? I don't know if you remember the story, though. It was about a band he played on Hellfest, wasn't it? Nah, it's not Hellfest. It's something fest. I don't know. It's a small music festival. It was. And these guys got the opportunity to open it, right? Make sure it kicks off on a, uh, a positive note, you know? Even maybe if the doors opens at 11 and they played at 10.30, it's always good to get the vibes going, <laughs> at least, right. even though it hasn't got a crowd. Suffice to say, can you please explain that experience, Danny, of what they were like playing live? It's amazing. It was like you're saying, they were the first band and they were completely wasted. Like, the the, the guy was walking around the stage not realizing he was singing. The bass player was like, I think, sitting down for part of it. It was just a shit show of a performance. Well, the vocalist didn't even seem to be in the band. He might have been, but he was the only one not wearing corpse paint and he was wearing a t-shirt, which was, you know surprising because everyone else was making sure that they were aware of their beer bellies and they're coming out in full force they had a chance to redeem themselves this band though and they got to be on norwegian sorry finnish mtv and how would you explain that performance danny (laughs) slightly improved they don't change uh the guy was standing up at least (laughs) that was something yeah because they probably didn't allow alcohol in the venue so he had somehow managed to drink it all before he got through security it's it's abysmal. He was on for 15 seconds, oh. and you could tell the presenter was like, this is not true metal. And, and obviously, they spelled it right as well. Yeah. It was just bad metal. It was just terrible. I mean, uh, for starters, the song was terrible. They played terribly. They were just, it's a shocking band. You see, the, the way they set it up was quite interesting. They had like three guys with the presenters pretending to have like a barbecue. These guys, I guess, were supposed to be their like, you know, um, band, uh, their backyard band. But oh, you just see how uncomfortable the like, presenters were. You're right, saying, "Oh, geez, this is what we've got. Like we're help." Because I guess they got a bit of notoriety in Europe for that drunken performance. But, but finish, oh. uh, they've got children of Bodom, you know. And if you're gonna get someone who drinks, at least yeah, they can drink right. in time, <laughs> you right. know, or somewhat. You know what I mean? I've seen the documentary. All the, all you need to write children of Bodom album is have access to three tons of Johnny Walker Black and have a guitar in your hand. Yeah. You know, and that's what and they admit it. And snow, and lots snow, and lots of snow. Could have been cocaine. Who oh, knows? Yeah. You know, hey, these guys from Children of Bone do like to party. Speaking about record labels, we're going to talk about Century Media. And guess who owns Century Media right now, Danny? 
not Central Media. That's right. Mm. We're talking about Reservoir Media. They have acquired the rights to the uh, Central Media Publishing Catalog. Now, a representative of Reservoir Media has contacted the catalog that we got this from, the article we got this from, which was Metal Sucks. And uh, apparently they didn't purchase it from Sony because Sony never owned the rights to Century Media's publishing catalog because that was the rumors at the time. They just went straight to the source. Uh, This doesn't bode well, though, because like the article says, um, they've been in trouble for a few years and they've been laying off a few employees over the last several of them. Is this what they deserve from not continuing the Old Man's Child and Jeff (laughs) Loomis' catalog? (laughs) Is this just more of they had to make good decisions and they didn't? But then again, saying that, I remember hearing people with Roadrunner Records where they've got one cash cow. It's yeah. only a metal band. Yeah. It's Nickelback. Yeah. And that's right. And in the end, like a record company is a business and they want to make profit. So the best way that they're making profit is putting all their attention onto the yeah, the money-making train or every other band which isn't making money. Well, I'm sorry. You're weighing us down, man. Yeah. Uh, do they need a Nickelback, Danny? Does the world need another Nickelback just so we can see these heavy hitters of you know record labels going well, or will someone else just pick the pieces up? Ah, oh, look. Asking if the world needs another Nickelback. <laughs> Could you imagine where they're going to come? They're going to come to our show Shunk, yeah. and demand bloody vengeance. Yeah, that's right. You know, I, I I can't believe I even thought of that. I, it's one of those things I said, and I'm like, that's not a good idea. Nah, nah. But it's an idea. Yeah. But it's not a good one. Uh, you want a different type of refund, not a Nickelback, another type of refund. So here we are. We are with now, uh, we got, I guess we got Nuclear Blast right on top, you know. Um, they are pretty much, as far as the Dragonaut, uh, holding that on board. I would have thought Century Media was second to them, but maybe not anymore. Maybe Metal Blade Records is probably uh, one of the other ones that is you know, shining the light higher. In any case, if you do want to make some of that money, there are some certain bands out there you can go to. I just suggest two of them. I'm sure there's more, Danny. Do you know any other bands that, that could be on the label with them? Well, definitely. I mean, the Golden God Awards are full of top bands which could be signed and get lucrative contract and record deals, so oh stick around for that one. Well, Want deals? What about buying the Motorhead video game coming out later this month, right? Oh, wow, what a plug. Well, the best thing about this is not really owning the game, but it's owning the uh, extra goodies that come with it. You can do those pre-orders right now. And with a pre-order, you're getting like T-shirts, you're getting uh, posters, you're getting patches, and you're even getting photos of the band. Um, that's pretty cool. You know, apparently the guy, Lemmy, who, who was obviously in Motorhead, died, but he kind of worked on the project a bit, which, whatever that means. Um, it's probably just said, like, I want my mole a little bit higher up. and yeah, I, want, right. I want at least seven or eight more hot ladies to give me blowjobs. <laughs> right. yeah. um, you buying the game, Danny, when it comes out? No, I don't really get into those type of games anymore. But it's, I think it's... What, what Metalhead games? Yeah, that's right. Screw these, yeah, there. screws Metalhead games. Rock and Roll Racing, I lived and died by that game only. So with the... um. This app, I guess this what is a mobile phone game. I'm guessing I don't think it's gonna be a what a PlayStation Four or Xbox game. No, I think it's um I think it's an iOS. You can get through Steam. Okay, so I it's mean, one of those games you can get. Yeah, it's yeah, like a third like, party. I imagine six dollars or something, five dollars. You get that something game. Like that. But you saying you get all that like you get a T-shirt, a post, and postcard, all that for like what six to ten dollars. That's a pretty good deal. No, I think that I think they're still pretty. I mean, arguing about the prices because if you could get all that for six dollars, I mean, like, yeah, of course you'd buy the merch and uh, resell maybe, it. Maybe they're like downloadable content, so you, you get a t-shirt for your character. Oh, for your character. Or, or photos. Yeah. Oh my god, that is the worst. Yeah, probably. Quick, tell Sony quick. Oh my god, they're like, how did we not think about this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got. That's why Central Media are going broke. They promise like real merch. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the that's the number one mistake these guys all do. Amateurs. 
is it a mistake for bands? Well, I think we might have talked about this before, but um, bands reliving or certain members that left the bands reliving class glories by paying the same songs, even though they just came off tour with that band saying that we're done with the tour. I'm sensing you're talking about a one I've. Vince Neil? Yeah, that's right, Danny. Vince Neil, we're talking about Motley Crue. He was a lead singer for Motley Crue. He has been uh, caught singing some classic tunes. Uh, he's still got some of the chops, though, I must admit. He still can sing. Yeah, I have a feeling that's like his natural register. But talking about chops, I think he's eating way too oh, many chops. He's just, he's just stacking on lately as well. It's probably all the cocaine stuff. Just yeah. Like- I don't know what he does more, sing the notes or eat them, because oh. he's got quite a bit of girth about him. Um, I'm sure girls would probably want to sleep with him. However, you know, not for very much longer. You know, you might have yeah. to amputate that foot or something, you know. It's just- but the, the thing about this, I thought Motley Crue all signed a contract or saying we're not playing our songs again. Oh, yeah, what happened to that contract? Yeah, I that. Maybe that's like we're not playing the songs together as Motley Crue, but I don't know, it seems like a bit of a cheap way around it, but meh. It feels like the the whole kind of feel of that band when I saw him live is a Motley Crue-style band. Um, why not? But there you go. I mean, what a way to get the fans involved. I mean, these ba- these guys know what it's like. You know, you're on the road. You, the fans want to hear you play it. You do it, you sell more merch. You make more money. Get the good feelings going yeah. on. Well, according to the report, even though it was supposed to be like a Vince Neil, you know, solo uh, set and solo project stuff. A majority of it was uh, Motley Crue stuff anyway, because no one wants to hear his solo no, stuff. No, they just want to hear Motley Crue. No, stuff. Well, you know, it's such an iconic band, you know. Um, we're talking about artists. Why don't we talk about drummers now? We talked about singers before, and uh, I guess it was I think Metal Hammer or Metal Sucks were talking to bands about the best drummer going right around. Uh, heading on, I think I've got you off guard with this, Danny. It's okay because I'm going to talk you right through it. Yeah, love it. Thanks, man. I'm straight. From Nick Barker to Sean Raynard, John Bonham, and even Bill Ward. The guys yeah. from Moore's Prince of a Mess, it would be funny to, to know this, Dan, that they actually said uh, those uh, seven-year-old Asian kids who uh, sit there and play nothing but their drums. You know, those like freak YouTube yeah, prodigies yeah, that are yeah, out yeah. there? He couldn't name any of them. He just said a Korean <laughs> kid. They must be out there somewhere. I've seen the piano versions. There must be drum uh, versions. The Before I announced the number one, though, from most of the metal bands, who would you rate? as a thing would you actually give it to uh, Neil Per or someone maybe the guy from uh, Dean Pe- Deep Purple yeah, maybe Ian Pace Ian Pace uh, uh, he's more of a rock guy but metal drummer I mean I don't know Bill Ward and stuff like all those like old school guys they, they're very simplistic with their drumming I guess they, they mostly had five iconic. pieces yeah, of course, they're iconic. They, they, they worked. Uh, their drums are simple yet memorable. <laughs> you make it sound like you're like someone you have sex with for the first time. Like, yeah, it worked. Good, I lost my virginity, that's but. A good effort, mate. <laughs> no fluids were exchanged. <laughs> <laughs> I saw my pants on. Is that okay? <laughs> well, I mean, it's hard. Like, well, where, what do you classify? I mean, you can't be putting me off guard here, but uh, I don't know. Drumming? I don't know. I'll have to say someone who's revolutionized his drumming. So, um, Meshuggah drum is always a good one. Nick Barker, fair enough. He, yeah. he can't. Broke, broke them all well, a let, bit. Let me, uh, let me uh, save you from that vine you're hanging out of. And uh, Gene Hoagland was the guy oh, that yeah. at least yeah. every second person were doing it. The guy's got a catalogue from Strapping Young Lag all the way from To Death and and more. Um, yeah. no, he's, he's great. A, he's yeah. a session drummer. I think so. I think he's probably one of the drummers that I think everyone wants to play with right now. Yeah. Um, but I guess, you know, when you hear like Neil Purr and like you said, um, Bill Ward and that, these guys are just la- laid down a legacy. You know, even the guy from ACDC was quite... First jump. Like John Bonham was the um, that Zeppelin drummer. Yeah, um, not too sure. The bold guy, he was pretty good. Well, he had that Rudd guy for a bit for um, yeah. ACDC. Then he went crazy. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> At the end of the day, you know, these are the sort of guys who laid down the foundation for for where the technique would take him. But 
the end of the day, simplicity is what it's called for sometimes. Um, if you like, if you agree with that, head over to our Facebook account, facebook.com forward slash Melbro, and throw down in your favorite drummer. I think we can uh, transition to the next story about the other drummer, which got left off that list, and Nico McBrain from Iron Maiden. Oh, yeah, go on. Um, yeah. Singing Stronger Than Ever is apparently from uh, Bruce Dickinson. Yeah, he reckon? reckons Bruce Dickinson singing stronger than ever, which, you know, I understand where he's trying to come from. It's because, you know, even though he was suffering from cancer, had apparently like a massive tumor in his throat, he could still record and still sing through it, which, yeah, okay, that's impressive. But, no, when you get older, you just lose your range and you lose your power. It's just how it is, mate. Now, who was the guy before him? Because I heard him sing. Paul Diano. Paul Diano. I've heard Paul Diano sing on YouTube, man, and he hasn't lost much of that range at all. Our man, Bruce Dickinson, has. Yeah, you know, yes, it's yeah. it is the way of the past, so, and he's got a lot more that he's fighting against with his health and doing yeah. way more gigs. Um, maybe his technique's a bit funnier. Who knows? Uh, who knows? I can't. All that screeching and sirening in the eighties might have heard him now. Who but knows? um, yeah, look, I appreciate him trying to stick up for a mate. Um, but I mean, it's it's Bruce Dickinson, and the worst thing is after hearing all this, really, after all his health scares and stuff, is that Bruce Bruce, uh, Bruce Dickinson is back on tour. That's enough for fans <laughs> <laughs> to be wary enough. <laughs> That's smart, man. Way to way to way to help yourself out. I can't help it. It's just you set these jokes up for me, Dad. Just walk into him. I just I just walk myself into him. Uh, Tobias Forge has unmasked all the ghost members in response to that lawsuit. He's told he's told you now the. Uh, the, the masks are off. The, uh, the, you know, the, the magician's showing you his tricks. Um, look, I think the mystique was worn off a little while ago before this, but, um, you know, we had, to, we had to do it. We had to come out and say it, didn't we, Danny? Yeah, it's actually, it's good now for all of those like family members who kept getting like ghost merchandise from these like people. Like, why are you giving me all this ghost merchandise? Oh, I just thought you really love them. And they actually found, oh, you, uncle, you were in ghost. Oh, now I see. They, so, they couldn't help but throw it in there though with the magician, the musician, sorry, apparently agreed on a severance package. The law, the lawsuit also states that touring costs exceeded the income the band's made and fortunately made income for publishing rights. So, uh... It wasn't until the year this year apparently that they turned a profit. So yeah. that's a bit of a shock, man, because yeah. it looked like a band that was kind of just making cash. They making spent too much money. money, like face paint and costume changes and the big like smoke effects and all that. That's that's when, what when gets you, you. The thing is, when you the problem with them is that when you rip off the Catholic Church, right, you don't realize that the only one that's holding them up is people going there every Sunday and paying your money. What the, well, they should have done at Ghost Geeks is hand out those trays <laughs> that's right. and had fans collection. put in like five, ten bucks each, and all of a sudden yeah. you see that overheads cost. It's just not, you know, I buy from an actual service and and then asking for merch, wrong way of doing it. The difference between them and a church, that churches don't pay tax as well. And that, that's right, oh. 30%, corporate tax, 2%, bang, you lost it. That's right. If they came out and said, we are an actual religion, do you understand how much more profiting ah, they could be? 30% more profitable. 30% more profitable. That's at least three more extra stakes each. That is at least three more. You can buy another band with that. He's going to need one now. That's right. You know, <laughs> foresight. We were talking about ultimate bands last week, Danny. Remember how we kind of threw out the fans and at you, mm. and then you tried to throw it at me and I got stumped, about what band we would have with the members from other bands. You know, we'd have a super group and it would work, right? Yeah. How's this for a super group? Devin Townsend and Mikhail Ackerfield. Yeah. Fake felt, but I like it, I like it yeah, in the, the feels. Like I like the feels, it in the feels, yeah. yeah. Now, they're talking about doing an album together. Two really... They're basically the steers of their own ship. They are known for their incredibly progressive style, but also embellishing a heavy style. And um, they've prog in nature. Well, now, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Is this going to work? 
Well, this is the question. It's funny because like a month or so ago, Devin Townsend came out and said he actually wants to go a bit more heavy and harder for his next album. So you never know, maybe by doing this for Mikel, it's a way for Mikel to get that out of him again. Uh, is Mikel in that space? Because well. I know for a fact, you're right, he is, um, Devin Townsend wants to write metal again, but we've seen our boy Mikel drop Oh. And now he's playing songs that your dad would love, which is a problem yeah. because you don't like your music your dad loves. Unless he's like our dad who had really good taste in music. Yeah. But your, your dad isn't as cool nah, as our dad. That's right. So this is the problem we're trying to get across to our fans out there. Um, how can you make your dad's music better, collection? That's, what, <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's our point we're trying to make. Just slip him like new things he doesn't pay attention to. But apparently they also want to get uh, Mike Portnoy to play drums or Mike Portnoy's wanted to do something with Devin for a long time now. So this could be like the progressive supergroup. Mike Portnoy wants to be in the light no matter what. So, yeah. He wants to be playing for anyone who's out there so he can feel the rush he had with Dream Theater because that was, for him, the biggest mistake he's ever done. Oh, and I think leaving Avenged Sevenfold because I reckon they're getting more money than Dream Theater. No, nah, they just didn't want to have Grandpa Portnoy on there anymore. <laughs> it's like, dude, can you just go away? He's like, bro, I need the money for my food. <laughs> Stop dyeing your beard. You're not, you're not dying back. Um... Yeah, you know, that's the thing. I think this could work, this band. I think Devin Townsend and Mikhail, but I really couldn't see it working apart from as a progressive metal band. A little bit like Devin Townsend Project, um, with, some, with some more of those embellished acoustic sections. But I just, these guys really run their ships a certain way. I just like, could you imagine this? Like, we needed more acoustic sections in the, I don't know, you know, I just don't know how these guys would work with each other. It'll be interesting. You're right. Maybe they do like song by song, each one has their own song, but. Now, before we go to our editorial, we have to be mention to the feel-good story of the week and, in turn, our metalhead of the week. And this week's metalhead is actually going to someone who isn't alive anymore. Now, unfortunately, I think this a lot of people saw this around the uh, old Facebook and a lot of the metal uh, Facebook pages where this um, poor guy, only 16 years old, 2016 this year, his um, father passed on unexpectedly. Um, his mum takes him to his music store, gives him a birthday card, which is from his father, which is quite emotional. And then uh, the mum says to the son, are you ready for your present? And the kid's like, what? And then the guys behind the counter pull out this like guitar case, they open the guitar case, and this beautiful chrome finish, whatever it is, guitar, and the kid starts bawling, breaking down. And, and so yeah. did you if you oh, watched yeah. this video. I sure as hell got a little bit misty. Um, beautiful video. And um, it did so well that it managed to get a Patreon account. Made some money, didn't it? Yeah, apparently it goes about this kid got raised sixteen thousand dollars to help you know, for guitar lessons and strings, it's just to help him out through life and the kid Strauss got him backstage pass tickets to um Alice Cooper so he can do this whole Waynesworth um uh Waynesville thing going, We're not worthy, oh, yeah. I'm not worthy. Um you know Props to it. If you haven't seen it, go make sure you go. I'm sure you can just type in kid cries because dad dies, um, but also gets a guitar. Just put that into Google. I'm sure you'll find the story. It's a great story and uh, just deserves our Metalhead of the Week, you know, to the guy's father. Yeah. And with that, guys, we're going to jump on to our editorial. Award ceremonies, we love them. We like getting accepted or acknowledged for things that we may or may not have done. Right now in our political correctness culture, we've seen certain schools and that give out awards just for participating. Could you imagine a heavy metal awards dance ceremony that just gives you out awards for playing a song? Yeah, 
That's um, you mean the Grammys? Well, yeah. <laughs> Second best, closest we'll get to it though is the Metal Hammer's Golden Gods Award. More about popularity contests than about appreciation for technique. Would you say, Danny? Yeah, I agree. I mean, well, every year this comes around, and we get disappointed because we all thought metalheads are about the music, about that. But it's not. In the end, it's just about a popularity contest. And we are nothing more than pop stars. What was that? Popularity contest? Shorty at pop? That's Ooh, right. Pop we are pop. getting controversial in this bad boy. We are here, though, to talk about the Middle Hammer Golden God Awards, talk about every award given, and give us, or you guys, our strongly... And obviously, righteous opinion on these subset, set subjects. Yeah, some of these awards actually were fan voted. So what they have on their Metal Hammer's uh, webpage, the first five or six awards, they already picked five or four bands for you to who think you think the winner should be. So those four or five, okay, they were semi-picked by the fans because they already gave you a list of short list and you had to pick your favorite. Mm-hmm. So those four or five, I guess, we'll read out first and. After that, they pick the the judges or the experts pick the other awards. Now, before we get any further, what is the Metal Hammer, Danny? Well, Metal Hammer is a heavy metal magazine. What I'd say was. They actually folded last year. But then they were brought back again, remember? Yeah. Like about a month later. Or a month, about a couple of weeks later, they um there was enough money raised or another publisher bought them over and they kept them going again. I know. But this is an interesting tidbit. Go, continue. Okay, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a roller coaster. Like they're doing well, then they crash and they went back up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're they're just a heavy metal magazine or publication, which you know they release magazine every month, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they love Iron Maiden. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but this year, and which we will come to know oh, from this yeah, year's know, as every, well as last oh, year's yeah. Metal Hammers. So this year they decided to do their next award ceremony. Yeah, look, it is great. You get a lot of great heavy metal guys uh, attend, perform, host. So it'll probably be a cool thing to go to one year. So let's start from the very, very top with Best New Band. We have five bands for you. Venom Prison, Zilinado, Brutire, Puppy, and Ocean Grove. Wow, they all sound like such great metal bands, don't they, Danny? Wow, they're really running out of names, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, it's like racehorses. After a while, you just kind of run out of names. Yeah, uh, with Venom Prison at the top, it does sound the most metal out of all things. <laughs> um, glam metal, I'd imagine, at least with five transvestite guys <laughs> singing about their problems with ladies or how they get laid by looking like ladies. Yeah, same same conclusion, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think anyone deserves to win it or not? I don't uh, know. No, none of those names. Yeah, they're so new to us that I'm sure they haven't even come out of their mum's womb. That is yeah. pretty damn new, right? Yeah. Best underground band, Danny, Paul Bearer, Perbutator, Neurosis, Royal Thunder, and Anal Nakrath. Um, That's favourite, Anal Nakrath. Oh, I love Anal. Um, don't get me wrong, man. Nothing's better than a good old Anal band, Anal, anal Thrush. <laughs> um, Neurosis being underground, shit, these guys I thought were massive. Because yeah. uh, then they get one of the albums of the year kind of things. Deal last yeah. year, was it? We went and listened to it because Doom Metal. And, like, I'd rather literally start Iron Maiden than Doom Metal. Oh, wow. Uh, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> Doom Metal is like, just just put your guitar next to the speaker on oh, feedback. Man. And that's like the first thing, I guess, for 10 minutes. Yeah, it's like this is our first song in the evening. And after 10 Boom. minutes of playing three chords, they come back and say, this is our last song, you know? Yeah. And that's the headline, man. Um, so anyway, Paul Barrow won that one. Yeah, I would have probably given it to Neurosis because it got so much... Um, appraisal for what they were doing with that album that they they currently yeah. released no Anal uh, Nakrath you one I would have put Anal Nakrath because yeah. I love the band I think they're actually so much fun and they bring back to metal what it needs sometimes and that's just really sick riffs black and death metal with industrial it's hmm. it shouldn't work and sometimes it doesn't but when it does work it's pretty cool, cool. 
All right. So that was also fan voted, and this is the next fan voted one best, as well. Best UK band. I'm sure they would have loved to put Iron Maiden in it, but the fans didn't vote for it. Well, didn't didn't Book of Souls come out? Was it last year or the year before? Must have been the year before, because otherwise they would have won it. Well, we got Architects Buried Tomorrow, While She Sleeps, Tesserates, and Orange Goblin. Tesserate would have won this four years ago. They were massive back then. Mm. They're still getting recognized. Oh, they should be pretty proud with it, I'd imagine. But they haven't really released much that I'm aware of. Yeah. Um, Orange Goblin's not really... They're like a stoner band. Like, yeah. you, know, you just have a bit of fun. But uh, Architects did win it, and they are pretty massive, I'd imagine. They actually, even here in Australia... They sell at JB Hi-Fi. Yeah. They actually sell, yeah. you know. Um, generally, we find things stealing. Like, um, I think Rob Zombie came out this week and said, if you had to steal anything, make sure you steal our vinyls. And he knows you can say that because the supplier buys them off the label. So if you're going to steal it, uh, he's really got his, really his money out nice. of it, right? Nice. So um, then they'll just keep replying, whatever. Um, that's, that's actually one. I think out of two out of three so far... That one there yeah. is the one I agree with the most. Well, I'm surprised again I made the win there because they just love Maiden. And here we have the International Band Award. Um, Products of the Times, right? Here we go. Avenged Sevenfold, Metallica, Opeth, Alter Bridge, and Korn. Um, how Korn got in there considering the majority of people don't really like them at all. They are well known, but that album they released wasn't great and they haven't done a great album for at least 15 20 years yeah it's all about the hype man they were in every like major medical med- uh, medical every major metal like publica publication yeah and facebook page etc pushing corn hard and they, they get they still get good hits on youtube so and their film clips are badass i yeah. must admit the production values they get from having money is important i think Actually, i'm disappointed at um Dio Jr., a.k.a. Older Bridge, oh. uh, didn't win. Oh, oh, very you've disappointed. Got, you've got, like, you know, the reincarnation of God, and I mean that literally, like, Dio is God, uh, name and everything, and they didn't win it. Can't believe that. Opeth yeah. didn't win it. Uh, then again, uh, Metal, it is called the Metal Hammer Award, <laughs> so they, they, I think yeah. somehow they had to sabotage that even if they did win it. And Metallica didn't win it. Wow. Oh, my God. It's probably the only thing they haven't won in the last 20 years. How this band is still getting acknowledged. <sighs> and Lars Ulrich tells you people, why, how are you buying our uh, records? How are we still you know, how are we still popular in the light? Apparently, there's a new theory out that Metallica part of the Illuminati, and that's why they keep getting um, great uh, record sales. Yeah. yeah why not? You go to their concerts, everything's in a triangle format. That's with the right. Eye, yeah. You know, the eyes there to make sure that you're buying uh, Metallica records. <laughs> Um, but Event Sevenfold did win. Uh, the stage was a good album. Wasn't the greatest album last year. You really shouldn't give that to Flesh God Apocalypse, these guys. So I know the fans are a bit slow, but was yeah. our fault too. Flesh God is um, an international band. They even get nominated. Ugh. Testament. Testament. These people are shit. Don't they saying. listen to Super Metal Brothers? We uh, gave you two of the best albums, and they came a close first and second. Well, right? We didn't give them the best albums. The Testament and the Testament and Flesh God gave the albums. We just oh, that's right. But we just rated it very highly. And I just wanted to say, you know, if I was actually took the time to vote for it and you know did something, I would have put you guys in the best international band. Yeah. I would have given that to. Now, you know what? I would give that to Avenged Sevenfold because at least they were a half decent album compared to all the rest of those guys in the last five years. Well, yeah, at least their album is probably best than that group. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, Best live band, we've got Mastodon, Steel Panther, Jet Live. No, I think it's Let Let Live. Live, Let Live, sorry. Yeah, Killswitch Engage and Ghost. I would have to say Killswitch and Mastodon are pretty much like going to see any band on a Sunday at your local pub. Whether it's a cover band or your mum's country music band, 
or your mum's country music band doing covers. Yeah. What's what makes them so special? What as makes a live them special? All right, they they got some good songs. Yeah. And yeah. You I know, mean, I'm um, on a math come out to a Viking ship. And yeah, even I made this. This is what I made deserves to win Italy every year because they always do a full yeah. production. Ghosts come out as your satanic church. You know, they got all the cool things that you you love, you hate about church, but make it demonic, so then you yeah. love it again. You know, at least still Panther bring comedy and bring like fan interaction, a bit of amusement. So that's, that's right. Something. But Mastodon, they don't bring anything. And they won Mastodon one. Yeah, so I'm just kind of like I would have given hey, this a ghost. But to be fair, that's the fans' choice. And yeah, the fans think that's that's how it wins. Yeah, and I think that's how it works. You know, they've had the most amount of publicity with their songs. They've got a new album coming out, and they've done it so strategically well. Just kind of drip feed their best songs from the albums, and people are talking about it. Yeah. You know, I had a mate come up to me the other day and go, "Have you heard the new Mastodon track?" I'm like, "No," yeah. but he felt compelled to ask me. I should have felt offended. He should know the music I like by now. Mm. I have his podcast. Yeah, but um, look, Mastodon, we respect you, but you, you know, it's kind of like seeing guys with beards playing guitar and what you see is what you get yeah, that's pretty much it that's what the fans want hey that's what fans yeah, want they voted it they voted it that's what they get best label independent label. oh independence yeah. best independent label we've got <laughs> nuclear blast cooking vinyl death wish seasons of mist and basic seeing as I know one of those five and the winners of it nuclear blast I'd imagine that's a good call yeah I'll probably have to agree with that yeah um Dimebag Daryl's Shredder Award. Now, we like to use this with quotations. So do they. But I don't think they get the irony of using quotations because I don't think most of these people shred their own lettuce, let alone their own guitars. Oh, I imagine terrible, man. Terrible. I mean, yeah, I, I always thought the shreds were supposed to be like the best for the best, like guitar workers of the neck, man. But this is just like guitar rest people know. Yeah, not not people that you want working in there. I mean, I know Lizzie Hale uh, is quite the axe slinger when she's not even holding an axe because she can just shred because her legs and ass, I guess. Or maybe because she can play some pretty solid chords on her guitar too. Yeah, because she, she can sing life, yeah. like no one's business yeah. though. All right, yeah. I get that. But we're not talking about singers. We're talking about shredders. Um, this year though, we got a different five candidates and some of these guys actually are known for playing solos. <laughs> yeah. Cool That's stuff. True. Joe yeah. O'Keefe. Kiko Loreno from Megadeth, uh, Phil Mans- Manasala from My- of Mice and Men, Bru- Ben Bruce from Asking Alexandra, and Ben Weinman from the Digital Escape Plan. I'd imagine most all those guys on that list can play guitar, but the winner was Joel O'Keefe from Airborne. Um, yeah? Well, I would have to give that Shred Award probably to the of Mice and Men guy yep. because they're like a bit more revolutionary, a bit more different these days, and the guy's freaking crazy on the guitar so is Kikla Ren from Megadeth yeah, he's a hired gun yeah. uh, he's one of those fusion guitarists that uh, just you know can play everything yeah so but he, can you give it to him because how much did he actually write or do I meant to that brother yeah. Yeah. give that to all of my mice and men um, simple yeah it's alright we're going to vote for these guys obviously it must be maybe three or four people that vote for it you know from a defunct mag that went came back from the ashes yeah Phoenix Rising, but less impressive and not made of fire um, unless they'll burn to death which I can see why after he's thinking he's voting Game of the year. Oh, yeah. Well, because when you think of metal, heavy metal, you're thinking about PlayStation 4s. Uh, Am the, I right? They have to pay for the for this um, uh, show, award show somehow. So this is the, obviously the one sponsored by um, whatever is PlayStation or Xbox. And that's how they can help fund this award ceremony. Well, it has to be funded not by them, but maybe by a PlayStation or Xbox magazine. Something. You know, yeah. something like that. Because this is where you got. we got Iron Maiden's Legacy of the Beast. Hey, is actually a heavy metal-related game. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Legend of Zoa, Breath of Wild. Yeah, I think the only thing metal about that is the case, maybe the, or the CD that it's made of. Yeah, maybe he holds this metal sword. Yeah. Overwatch. 
Mass Effect Andromeda and Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. I don't even think he's got metal songs in him, half of these. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, Resident Evil has zombies and zombies are metal. They're grindcore based, I guess. That's right. <laughs> if it wasn't for zombies, the border wouldn't be here. Yeah. You know? Um, but Iron Maiden's The Legacy of the Beast did win it. It's not a great game. I did own it for a little bit. It's a resource hog. It's massive. Um, it's just an RPG. You know? Yeah. You get to control Eddie. Um, yay. <laughs> Um, and that's it, you know. It's 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 you go through and you you give them new moves like roller coaster kicks and you know. Oh, there you go. All that kind of stuff. Uh, but at least it went to something that was heavy metal yeah. orientated. So so next year just lock in a uh, Motorhead as the winner of that award. Now as far as Final well, Fantasy was boy, released, boy, that. yeah, no, Final Fantasy was released this year. Uh, Maybe that sucked us. Uh, yeah, still going. Uh, yeah, I know, right? F- much to our displeasure. Yeah. Breakthrough Artists, Avatar, Code Orange, Creeper, Oath Breaker, and HO9909. It might be horror or hopper or something, but like, you know, I that's what I got on my Microsoft Word, so that's what we're getting. Hoggog. Yeah. They're G's, they're not R's. Hoggog. Uh, I don't know any of these. These no, artists haven't breakthrough enough to be on our radar no, yet. I know Avatar. I, I was, um, Shelly gave me the album, Shelly from Heavy Petal Florist there. She um, gave me the um, album to borrow. And they're, they're actually not bad. They're quite interesting. They're quite, they have their own sound. The whole like circus type feel at times. They have their like corpse circus makeup on, whatever oh, it is. Cool. So yeah, give them credit. They're, they're different. Well, they're broken through to one of us. So there you go. Uh, all right, then you definitely deserve to be on that list. Now we have the non-fan voted categories. Now we can finally unleash on the particular leaders of the magazine who tell us what we should and shouldn't like in the metal industry, which I would say, just listen to us. We know what's going on. Exactly. We don't get paid by anyone, so you know where. You know where exactly. Yeah. We got no one to appease here. Uh, right off the top with Riff Lord, we have Devin Townsend. We're not going to give you a top five. These guys just went straight to it. They don't yeah, wanna... there's no shortlist here. They just no shortlist. Uh, Devin Townsend can write riffs. He can, but it was this album he released? I guess it's all based on the album released this year. So I don't think he was technically the best riff writer for this year. But it, would we give it to him? Yeah, agreed, hundred percent. Would we give it to him just in general? Like, yeah, who's oh, a riff yeah. lord? What he's done over the years, of course, yeah. but. Is, is it, I don't know what the premise or what the rules are for that award. So, yeah. yeah. So you want to give us a bit more context next time, Metal Hammer, you know, just let us know what we're dealing with. But uh, we're going to go with, in general, he's a, he is a Riff Lord. Yeah. And a uh, good award to give to someone if that's the case. Defender of the Faith, what does that even mean? Yeah, Danny? I don't know. There's, yeah. If you buy a magazine, they kind of explain it to you, like what that means. I think it's just people who represent heavy metal. Well, I think I'd imagine anyone in a metal band would be a Defender of the Faith because they could be playing pop or, you know, doing something that pays money like uh, working in Maccas compared to metal. Um, but he gives it to Ben Ward from Orange Goblin and his partner Sandy Soriano. Maybe she's, maybe she's giving out free guitars to Homeless yeah, or something. I don't know. There's probably a backstory there. Um, inspiration, Exodus. Um, why? For longevity. <laughs> was Exodus the one that did the Satan is Real song? No. I can't remember who that was. Whoever that was, that's hilarious. That song really sucks ass. Okay. Um, <laughs> nah, look... Uh, yeah, it must be it. We must be talking about inspiration for someone who refuses to die. There must be... Look, there's probably a backstory we don't know about them as well. Um, but okay, I guess at the end of the day, they have been around for that long and still want to play metal. That is an inspiration. Yeah. Like, just to want to be able to put on a distorted guitar for 20 years running. Poor. Best album. Surely it's Flesh God Apocalypse, Danny. The King... Magnificent, right? Yeah, I think they misspelled it though. Yeah, it did because mm. it starts with a G and ends with a betrayal. Oh, controversy. Gojira's Magma, it wasn't even the best album in the top three because I got Testament in there for number two as well. Um, 
Uh, it's it's a it's a good album, man. Like it's a good album. Uh, I don't get the hype. I think there's been better ones released that year. We have a top ten about it, and it was featured kind of low on ours, wasn't it? Oh uh, yeah, it was. I think just because we only reviewed like fifteen albums that year. Oh, I think it was right. like eighth or ninth or yeah. seventh. But at the end of the day, you know, Omafaja were doing death metal. Go and buy their record instead. It is an absolute treat. Um, that was better album than this, but Flesh God Apocalypse, The King is the real winner for best album yeah, of the year. Easy. Spirit of the Hammer Award. Okay, I've, I've looked at what the Spirit of the Hammer Award is. Spirit oh. of the Hammer, according to the uh, Golden Globes, Golden Gods website, is a special award given to names who may not be part of music, but are loved by metalheads and respe- represent a huge part of rock culture. Prophets of Rage is that black band, isn't it? Yeah, they're the they're the guys. Now they're like a combination of like um, Rage Against Machine and other people. Oh right. Yeah, yeah like Tom Morello and the lead singer of Rage Against Machine, and other guys. That's right. Sorry, yeah, it's that political statement, man. Like, yeah, we hate capitalism, but buy our CDs, right? Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, <laughs> I want to eat. <laughs> um, yeah, look, cool. It's thinking outside the box. We like that, you know, spirit of the hammer. Um, I would have given it to Dio's wife. Wendy, for literally raping the soul of Dio oh, and making oh. so much money off a dead person that I think would put uh, Elvis Presley's missus into shame. Or like, who would that be? Presley uh, wife junior or something. Uh, yeah. Ozzy Osbourne's wife. Yeah. Oh, Cheryl. No, 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 Cheryl no, 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 yeah. Are. She's actually animating Ozzy's corpse just so she yeah. can make money or, out or of Or Gene it. Simmons. Gene Simmons went to Dio Magic. They got together. Imagine oh, merchandise for merchandise. Icon? No, no dressing with it. Not like uh, Super Mega Icon or Metal Hammer's Icon of the Year. Just Icon. Dillinger Escape Plan. I think just because these guys deserve to be on the best live band, they didn't get it. Yeah. Because the amount of energy these guys give, it's like we don't have any money to have pyrotechnics or dances or anything. We aren't, ta- we aren't talented. We write oh, songs ouch. that people would hate. No, no, sorry. We're not talented as far as like giving a choreographed dance. And we write songs that literally we wanted people to hate. Yeah. What can we do live? Let's just act like spastics yeah. for 25 minutes and beat ourselves up with microphones. Jump off speakers, fall off like titatrons, yeah. go through tables. Iconic. These guys are iconic for the simple fact that no one will dare to replicate what they guys do live because it's just stupid and no one's got those medical bills and no one wants to go home forgetting what their kids look like because they give themselves a concussion with, you know, musical instruments. So, um, yeah. Oh, and here's the big one now. The Golden God Award. They actually oh. have called a Golden God Award. So this is kind of like the makeup for everything of the night because like, even though you might disagree with everything, this is one thing all fans can get behind. Um, and the Golden God Award goes to... Who did this year, Danny? We had to go to the... Some say the creators of heavy metal in Black Sabbath. Are they really the creators of metal? Ah, uh, well, that's another... Sorry for another day, Matthew, but... Yeah, that story finishes with Deep Purple there, doesn't oh, it? <laughs> ask Lemmy, ask Lemmy. Oh, yeah. man, that guy's dead. And he, oh, he knew what was more going was on than the live people. But anyway, these guys got credited for um, Golden Gold, and that's fair enough. These guys yeah. are pretty much a massive, massive part of heavy metal. Yeah. And they've just finished off their 13th album, their last world tour. But then again, they've just come out and said they might be doing a blues album, so... Um, more awards for them next year you know what do what they did with Dio and call it Heaven and Hell or something or you know Heaven and Blues or Blues and Hell you know there's three names you can use apart from Dio, uh, Black Sabbath because you know it's just not you know let's, let's not do that um, but they deserve it They it, with every conglomeration we've gotten with Black Sabbath whether it be the Aussie years to the Dio years 
uh, it's all been fantastic in a sense that you can gravitate towards it. It's iconic. It's memorable. It was transcendent. It was forward thinking. And uh, it came out of little old Herbie town from UK, from industrial place, run down. Yep. Where else would it have come Cold, from? Cold, dark, Birmingham. Just like the CD caves, just like the music, and we love them for it. Yeah. So props to the golden gods of this year, Black Sabbath. What did yeah. you think from last year? I actually did think agree with more of this than I did last year, so I think this was more on the point. Yeah. They I should have a right. threatening uh, bankruptcy every year. <laughs> yeah. You know, the fear of being broke maybe makes them realize that maybe we can't just give away frivolous awards to people that don't really deserve it. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe that's it, Daddy. Maybe that's it. Well, look. It's it's just it is frustrating because every year we bitch and moan because their awards seem to be given out to popular, not true to people who think we deserve based on technique or ability or skill. And I thought that's the whole point of medals that you are rewarded for your time and effort for mastering your craft. Maybe the effort doesn't fall too far from the tree, and we are a part of a tree of the entertainment industry. But unfortunately, as well, like this, every one of these awards is presented by a company. So you got to think, oh, okay, is that company paying for the winner, or are they putting over their own winners, etc.? So it makes it it does make it a bit tricky. If well. you'd like to see the Super Metal Brothers host their own award, head us over to Facebook.com forward slash Super Metal Bro or Twitter.com forward slash Super Metal Bro. Maybe pitch an idea to us. Maybe we'll start a Patreon account. You know, that guy, he lost his father. The guitar got a Patreon account. Yeah. If someone throw us a bunch of money, I'll have us an award show. Maybe we, should, maybe we should make our own awards and just send them out to these guys and yeah. see how they react. Yeah. That's it. We are going to have on this <laughs> next week. Oh, next week. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. next week wow. we're going to have an awards ceremony. Just oh, like the okay. middle hammers. And we're going to give awards <laughs> out just like last year. Actually, we do a vote and everything. Yeah, we're going to do a vote and everything. I love it. This is going to be fantastic. There you go, guys. That, what a way to head it off. So uh, keep keep on board with that. We'll get you guys posted as soon as possible. But we came here to do one thing and one thing only. That's a CD review. So let's head on board. On the odd occasion, you do get things that surprise you in life. Maybe blood in your stool. Maybe you got Christmas present in July. Or maybe you might have gotten a CD... That would change your life forever. We are talking about Canada's very own Art Spear, Art Spire. I think it's more Art Spire. The Lucid Collective. This is Canadian metal band, Danny. They're known as being a brutal technical death metal. And coming from Vancouver, where all you have to do is see snow and cry, I'd imagine that's what you would do and what you would write. I'm surprised that Canadians are normally relaxed and easygoing and melodic people. This is actually not that. So maybe that's how we we found out what Canada's trick is, and that's just get all of that energy and all that like aggression out in your music, and the rest of the day you're fine. We're looking at a five-piece, and this is the funniest part. You've got one guy who plays an eight-string and one guy who plays a seven-string in the guitars. That's hilarious, man. I'm laughing already. I know. What's even more hilarious is the... Uh, a disclaimer saying an attention to songwriting focus not only on technicality but originality as well taking subgenre and putting in ear when you hear it you'll get what I'm talking about this album when it comes to just oh my god how funny it can be to be so awesomely talented and just sweep the competition yeah. apart but does that necessarily mean good songwriting Danny? Well this that's is- a good question I mean it's funny because it's called a lucid collective and by the net definition, uh, lucid means to be expressed clearly and easy to understand. Oh. And this album is not that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the production values give it your best opportunity to experience it that way. But this is a brutal, technical death metal record. It's a second from the Vancouverians. Let's start off from the top what we like about this album, Danny. And to be honest, 
listening to tech me- de- tech death metal for any more than 10 minutes is like I got the feel for the album I got what these bands trying to do they're trying to impress me with their technicality yeah um, and after I get bored of that I generally do other things it can be a marvel to see people at the top of their level shredding through lettuce like um, you couldn't even shred through water however it can get boring did this though for you get boring? Yeah, like I, again, now I agree with what you're saying. Technical death like this, you, usually after ten minutes, I just like switch off because I can only comprehend so many notes in ten minutes. And most of these bands, they play like a concert's worth in that ten minutes. But these guys, even at times they do that, they go balls to the wall and they play as fast as they practically humanly can. It's still engaging. I don't know what it is about these guys. They are very clever with how they uh, transition throughout their songs. How they chuck in different riffs or solos or drum sections to keep you entertained it's quite great the the thing about this is that i find with bands in a technical death metal nature sometimes aren't good songwriters but they're very good at showcasing their abilities the problem with that is once that novelty wears off what is keeping you involved in the cd mm. and i don't know these guys keeping you involved some really evil yeah. sinister sounding riffs man um, their techniques, their their soloing ability, and when they break it up with different instrumentation uh, uh, variations, sorry, not different instruments, no, it's mostly no. guitars, but uh, they'll go clean sections, they'll go big open chords, whatever. But it's a bit of like neoclassical there, man. They're hitting the old like Paganini type stuff. You know? The songwriting is unconventional because the songs move through phases. It doesn't really go into a organization of a of like a song structure. Yeah, it's literally right. like riff after riff after riff and it's just getting you from the start to a net. The thing is though, you hear the next riff, it fits in the song for one, some reason and it's sinister as all hell. It's like, dude, that's evil. Mm. And the next riff comes 10 seconds later, different thing all together and you're like, dude, that's evil. Yeah. But the whole thing is a variation on it so you never get bored. So each time you put the next track on or that you hear the next riff or the next section, the next solo or whatever or next lick, you're engaged because yeah. it's like, that was cool. I haven't heard you do that on the CD yet. And it's it's just, and it's evil. It's really like dark. Yeah. Um, but you don't get that just from the guitars. You get that from the singing as well, don't you? Oh, you get everything from the singing. You get things from growls to screams to squeals to like grindcore. Oh, and this everything. is the one thing that yeah. death metal, te- tech death metal bands forget. And that's what they normally give it to the singer as a guitarist as well. But when you give it to an actual vocalist, even in metal, because people don't pay it respects and they do. They're like, oh, it's a growl. All you have to do is go, rah, 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 rah. Yeah. no, this is what you need to do. So it's great. His, his phrasing is fantastic. He, there's a really clever thing he does in the second song where the guitarist is scaling down and he's like growling or screaming with the scaling down. It's actually a really cool thing. I've never heard that before, really. He's just, yeah, even in the intro for like track three where he just goes balls to the wall and it's just this really cool guttural thing. Then he does those screams that just, oh, banshee from hell couldn't give you this sound and you'd want it to um you know, if you're gonna get torn and get sent to you know the darkness of the underworld you want to be go there sounding awesome um so you know props to uh, ray aleron for that um yeah so you've got the two guitars both uh one's eight one seven strings but they generally don't go to that classical really low guitar thing because they're exploring their whole entire neck you yeah. know they, they they play guitars in certain ways that very very few metal bands will dare to do Myself included, man. Like, that's pretty outlandish shit, eh? Hey? Oh, that's true. But at, at the same time, they, they break it down. They do, like, well-structured solos or they do nice melodic sections. So they are, they don't just have to play stupid time signature and weird scale. So they can do quite 
simple bass teams and they do it well. That's like Spencer Pruitt, the drummer. I've really heard this album. He can definitely do double kicks and blast beats like the best can do in death metal, yeah. right? Um, but however, he's so much more disciplined than that and he gives it a chance to do whatever that riff needs to do. And it's not just a showcase of blast beats and that. And I think that's the thing that finally people getting into the uh, band, I would finally have a band for him to get into brutal de- technical death metal because this is for me engaging and it's rewarding. I think you can get through it and not feel beaten, but feel literally excited and energetic to hear what else is to come. Yeah, that's true. I mean, again, like everything, they they don't hold on to riffs longer as they should. Like you hear a really good chunky riff and that's if like eight, eight, two bars, and it's like, oh, come on, if you're done. You know? But the thing about these guys is that they don't, but in a sense, that was not what this project is about for some reason. Yeah. It really does feel like these guys are stretching their own way of writing a song. Like it really feels like these guys actually write a song to tell, to explain a roller coaster. Yeah, I think it, you're right. They don't have the structure like song first, chorus first, bridge first, whatever solo. Yeah, I have a feeling their songs are literally just all stories. So we're, this is the start of the story. We go through a journey and ends here yeah. and nothing's repeat. And I think the that, lyrics if I read them but they're quite long lyrics uh, you could probably tell you that that it's all uh, just like a yeah every song is just a, a transitioning thing there's no there's nothing repetitive about it I don't know how long this would have taken to write this album because it yeah. just feels like there was so much work put into like uh, that riff isn't going to work rah 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 because there's just so many different sections so many different variations styling in, in it's such a heavy genre um and the and the one the one thing I, I've touched on is that that I don't hear this from from international bands that have made a main name for themselves. I I haven't actually heard this kind of approach taken from uh, from such a visceral band, any. Yeah, this is, I mean, again, like see, I normally stay away from this type of That's music. Why, yeah, yeah, because it does get tiresome, it does get a bit repetitive, and gets too much at times. But these guys have found a nice balance. So yeah. we talked about the things we love about it, which is pretty much everything. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, however. I don't think it's do it just to say what we hate about it, but I also think it'd be good to tell people who probably wouldn't like this record. Because yeah. I think anyone who's a real metalhead in the sense that they like intensity, evil, and anger. But if you need a chorus, if you need to have sections repeated, or if you need to have comfort and the reassurance of the familiar, this album's not for you. Oh, no, of course. Yeah, and that's right. For those people who like the structure or the like, anticipation or here comes the chorus part I love it and oh yeah. I've lost that chorus but that's what we're going to build up to the chorus again and get that yeah. feeling or break downs etc you'll yeah you won't oh, enjoy this album yeah check out this riff rah, rah, rah. Yeah. this thing is best experience or like oh my god that was awesome oh my god that's awesome like you just you just keep hearing the song all the way through the start to the end and it goes for exactly it needs to it's 8 tracks each track going for about 4 to 5 minutes so you know you got about a 35-40 minute album out of it um, but you don't ever. I never got the impression that they they're they're treading on the same floor. You know, they were literally going through a whole entire experience: swimming, diving, jumping, like all these things. And it's just bless it to it. I I cannot uh, find a, a fault in this album. Maybe the production values are very dry. Maybe you don't like things saying this tight because you need yeah. a little bit of human element. You know, there must be a nitpick someone out there that, that can do it yeah. that isn't into this style of movie. And I think that's the thing. If you're not into the style of movie, Well, metal, that's what it comes to more of a taste rather than anything else because technically this is great. 
The songs are diverse. Everybody's showing off their skills. The interplaying between them was all fantastic. So again, it's just if you if it's too fast, or too technical, I can understand that because it's hard to really sit back and yeah. enjoy it that way. The amount of hours these guys put into the band, they'll never seek the reward they they really honestly oh, no. deserve, and that's just the nature of this beast. Um, if they want to go enjoy Vol- Volbeat, you know, just you guys could, you know. Um, but don't, you know, like, honestly, let's just wait for the world to get ready so they can buy your album. Because Lucid Collective, for me, is one of the most enjoyable albums that I have heard since the exception of Super Brothers. Yeah, so be cool, man. Not the best, though, because I have to give it time. However, I can't tell you how much enjoyment I got from listening to this album start to finish. And it is up for one of the forerunners in this year's uh, run to the very end of best albums of 2017. And this is looking very hot. Yes. I mean, that's, that's fair enough. Like I said, it had a lot going for it. I was, I was surprised. Again, when you, when you were selling it to me, like, oh, damn, here's a new album we're reviewing this week. I thought, okay, what is it? Oh, it's extreme tech metal. I was like, oh, that's, yeah, it's <laughs> great, man, really. I mean, like, yeah, okay. I mean, again, this album here, if, if you're like performing surgery on someone of you want to go sleep in the next hour or two, don't listen to this album because no. it would just like work you up and get you really excited. But if you just want to, if you're in a mood for it, bang. This is the thing. I normally listen to metal when I'm angry and stuff like that, but this is a rare occasion where this album actually ramps me up. Normally I listen to albums when I'm ramped up and it chills me out. But this album is so good at doing an emotional, they're like emotionally connected with each note they're playing and each like blast beat and all that, that it works to not... Um, Pull, pull away, push away someone, but pull them in with just so much interesting things going on. Ah, it's yeah. like looking at a, a light show, but like a satanic one, you just can't turn away. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I reckon, uh, I think you should listen. Like, if you like the border, aborted like the manifesto, a grindcore, you like this is like the next evolution of it. So if you like that stuff here, check this stuff out. Yeah, if you're into death metal, tech death, uh, prog death, or grindcore, um. Brutal, whatever. If you like a brutal, you have to own this album, and that's it. You just have to own it. There is no like myths, muts, butts, candy, and nuts. No, this is a great album, and the Canadians should be very happy. Same place that you know Cryptopsy came from, right? And Shania Twain. Shania Twain. <laughs> yeah, that'd make you angry enough, right? Yeah. Um, perfect. Uh, I can't say any more than buy this album, and I'm so glad that. Actually, it was funny. I'll tell you a true story. I was actually at Utopia Records and I asked the guy behind the counter, look, I like death metal. What's the hottest thing going on right now? And he showed me these guys and he said, these guys are better than Origin. And all the, ba- the, yeah. the bands that these guys uh, you know, put up against said that flawed him. He owns a record store. I agree with him. I own the Origin's record and uh, nothing that they've done on a record compares to one of their songs. Love this band. Yeah, and uh, look forward to hearing more of them. Buy the record. Proud to be Canadian. That's great. Oh, Canada. <laughs> Canada. Dude, Robin Swinsky's hot. You know when you watch um, <laughs> How Much Your, Your Mother? That bird is freaking hot. You reckon she's really Canadian? Colby Smothers, her name is. I don't oh. know. Oh, whatever. But Sinead Twain's good, attractive. Oh, you she know? was hot. Yeah, yeah, she's smoking hot, man. Come on over. She's Stratus. Come on yeah, in. Do you reckon she was opening her ass crack when she was singing that song? Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who else was a Canadian, sorry? That's Trish Stratus is Canadian. Oh, she's man, pretty attractive. She's fucking honeys, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. End of the day, guys, if you love metal, buy it. And with that, we are at the end of our show. Make sure you check out Arch Buyers, Loose Collective, and make sure you check out Supermetal Dance, Quote of the Day. Well, and in the words of Archfire, in an age of dark and boundless riddle, 
an artifact of, of reflective glass was discovered. That was sung much heavier and faster than, than what you read. <laughs> More manly. Aww. I have Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. We've been the Super Metal Brothers. Catch you next week.